I, I used to do that. I used to stand behind pulpits, but I thought about it. You know, Jesus quite often sat on a rock when he preached and taught. And I, I just find it very much more comfortable for me, not always for everybody else, but for me to be closer to the folks because I, I love God's people. And that last, that last line of that song, and I love you, Lord, and I have to say, and Lord, forgive me when I don't love you the way I should. Because we don't always, do we? So we're going to take some time to pray, and then we're going to look at Luke 23, verses 39 to 43. We're going through this uh, crucifixion thing. They crucified Jesus for hours the first time. We're crucifying him for weeks during Lent. And that's uh, one of those things that happens because we want to know what happened then and how much he loved us. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you because you are the reason why we live, why we love, why we believe, and why we can accomplish anything that's worthwhile. Thank you, God, for loving us that much. And thank you for your word that reminds us of that, about that love and reminds us how we can experience that love more each day. Thank you for your people that also remind one another, all of us, when we do that, to, to just enjoy each other's company and to know that we belong and to know that you're leading us in the right direction as we continue to follow you. Father, may this word be your word. And Lord, if I get in the way, please shut my mouth, will you? But may we have a glimpse of that eternity that you want us to have a glimpse of tonight and rejoice in it. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Next thing I'm going to ask you to uh, forgive me for is we're going to read the scripture together <laughs> out loud. <laughs> Let's go. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Isn't that a beautiful phrase? Today you will be with me in paradise. Wow. You know, that, that verse 39 really kind of sets those of us who worship God off a little bit because here's somebody picking on Jesus. Are you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. You know, you just want to reach up and slap him a couple times to say, who do you think you are? Don't you know who this is? But he didn't. He didn't know who that was. To him, he was just another common criminal. And quite often, the, the scriptures say that they both derided him, and, and maybe they did it first. We don't know. I wasn't there. Were you, anybody here? <laughs> you know, but that's... That's an interesting thing because if that's true, then there was a huge change that took place, wasn't there? Because this other one on the other side had a change of heart. 
He experienced that five-letter word that we love so much called grace. Grace, God's grace. Grace greater than all my sin. Grace greater than all the sin of the world. For all the sin of the world can be forgiven for everyone who comes into the presence of Christ in faith. Wow. And I think that's wonderful to remember that, that even though one continued in that, the other one changed. That's called repentance. Repentance, as we all know, is not just a Lenten thing. It's supposed to be a yearly thing and a daily thing. You know, it's one of those things that we should live with. And I was thinking about that man on the, the, that was deriding Jesus, was taunting Jesus. And, and I, I think sometimes we wonder, because someone said, why doesn't God do something about, you know, cancer? Why doesn't God do something about the poor people of the world? And I remember the story of, of one fellow said this to, to a person, another Christian, and, sa- and the Christian says, I think you ought to ask God that. Say, God, why don't you do something about? And in his soul, he heard God speaking, I did. I made you. And you're concerned about it. Now do something about it. See, that's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because we are God's hands and feet and God's mouth and ears and so many things that God has decided to use us for. So what is it that happened in this one man's heart? What did he see? What, what is it that changed him? What is it that made him repent of that, that deriding Jesus? He was one that did, and evidently he was one, the only one that did there because all the soldiers kept on doing that, and this other man kept on doing this. But here was a man hanging on a cross beside the Savior of the world, and he realized it. Wow. And I often thought that those two crosses are really our crosses. And we're going to be on one or the other, depending on how we relate to Christ. Are we going to continue to, there's many in the world that continue to deride Christ. Oh, well, you know, it's just a bunch of foolishness. It's for people who don't have any sense. It's for people that don't know what the reality is. And I pity those people because someday they could stand in front of that one that they're, that they're taunting and deriding and he gets to decide where they go. Hmm. But the interesting thing is I'm, I'm not better than they are. I remember when Jesus stood there one day and, and the, the man came up to him and said, good, good teacher. And he says, why do you call me good? Only God is good. And I thought about that quite often and I said, you know, if, if the Lord tarries and, and I have to pass from this life and the next life before he comes back and I'm laid out someplace with my face up and my hands across my chest, I hope people don't walk by and say, boy, he was a good man. If Jesus wouldn't claim that, I don't want to claim that. I hope what they say is he followed his Lord well. 
because that's what I want to do. And that's what I believe the, the man on the other cross decided to do, even though he didn't get much of a chance to do it much longer than that. Interesting, isn't it? And I think he had a heart attack, the right kind of heart attack. The attack of the heart that allowed his heart to soften from this one who was so crass, so, so much he didn't care what anybody thought, he was going to take whatever he wanted. He was a thief, a criminal. Didn't matter what anybody was saying. And Roman 10 reminds us of that. What this man did. The word is near you, on your lips, and in your heart. See, the word was hanging right beside him. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. Not maybe, will be. And he already believed that Jesus would rise. Because what was he said? When you come into your kingdom... Dead people don't come to their kingdom, do they? They really don't. And I believe that he was awestruck. Don't you fear God, he said to the other one? See, that's the awe that I believe we need for God. To, not, not that we crawl in a corner someplace because God's going to zap us, but we stand. I believe when I walk across those, that, that threshold, not because of me, but because of what Christ did for me, that I will stand in awe and I'll be speechless. People would wonder about that. I can usually find something to say, really. <laughs> I can usually find something to say. But I believe I'll stand in awe and be speechless. I, I can't even imagine it now. And again, I'm not claiming that because of me. I'm claiming that because of the Savior that I serve and believe in. Because you know what I deserve because I'm a sinner, is death, separation from God. And we all do. As the, the one said, we're getting what we deserve. He's not. He didn't do anything wrong. Well, he ticked off a few of the, you know, the, the religious leaders and the soldiers, but he didn't really do anything wrong. And yet he's paying the penalty for doing nothing wrong. I think that he came to know that from something beyond him. Just when Peter was, was there and Jesus said, who do people say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Messiah, you are the Son of God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Peter, because flesh and blood haven't let you know that the Father did. And I believe the Father let this, this sinner, this thief, this criminal, know that this one hanging beside him was the Savior, the Messiah. The interesting thing was that the other one who requested, if you're the Messiah, save yourself and us, didn't get what he asked for. And the one that didn't ask for it, at the first time anyway, 
received what the other one asked for. He was saved for eternity. That's how God works. <laughs> Don't ask me to explain it, please. And the funny thing, there were 12 men that had followed Jesus for three years. One who was gone by this time, but they didn't get it yet. <laughs> they were still working this stuff out. And here was this, this criminal that met Jesus for just a few hours, and all of a sudden, boom, he believed. And he knew exactly what to say. And, and the witness that he gave was the most powerful witness at that place, except the, except the witness of Christ. Hmm. See, it's important that we witness it's important that we witness. It's important that we bring new people into the church because that's where the enthusiasm comes. Those of us who have been in the church for a while, sometimes we have to kind of muster our enthusiasm. You ever notice that? <laughs> it's like, oh man, it's another day. I got to do something. And I like doing it, but you know what? It's getting a little tired of this. Not because I'm tired of God, but because I'm just tired. But then there's that fresh new person that's so excited. And, oh yes, I remember that now. Now I know why I do this stuff. In fact, it was interesting because one day we were in a, a meeting one time and, and a fellow from Jamaica was there. A good Christian man. And he said, I don't understand the lack of enthusiasm in some of the churches in, the, in this country. He said, enthusiasm comes from the Greek enteos means in God. In God. If we're in God, we ought to be enthusiastic. Now, we might be physically tired, but we should be enthusiastic. And I think that's what happens when we remember to invite new people into the faith and, and, ex and experience their enthusiasm and remember why we should be. It's, in, it's contagious. The evidence of this man's faith was what he said. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Yes, you are the Messiah. I know that now. I don't know how I know that, but I know that now. And we could spend a whole lifetime questioning whether, well, this was a you know, the, the last-minute conversion? Yeah, it was. <laughs> but look what he did with it. I've known some folks that are Christians. I know they're Christians, and they, they, they have a tendency to hard, have a hard time doing that. Not picking on anyone, but really, if we really realize what happened to us, that our eternal life has been enveloped in in the life of Jesus Christ and, and we have a promise that will endure for eternity. Wow. Thank you, God. And I want that person and that person and that person and that person, I want them to know that too. They make their own decisions, but I want them to know that. And Jesus made a promise that day to that man. He said, Today, not 40 years from now or 15 minutes from now. Well, it was 15 minutes, but not 15 years from now or, or a couple centuries or, you know, back when, you know, further, if you move further up and up and up until I finally 
return for that last time? Today, you'll be with me in paradise. What's he saying? So therefore, when I leave this body, I'll be glad when that happens. I get aches and pains with this body and you know things happen and I'll be glad to shed this one. <laughs> it's okay for now, you know, and I'm going to use it for now. It's like the one lady said, I'd rather wear out than rust out. She was 93, I think, when she said that. When I leave this body, I'm going I'm to be in the presence of Christ forever. No problems. Powerful promise. But today, the day that we leave this body, we will be with Christ in paradise. Didn't say heaven, did he? Paradise. And the understanding of the Jewish folks was that's the place where the soul goes when it leaves the body until the final resurrection in the presence of Jesus Christ. Wow. Until the kingdom comes in its fullness and we take on that heavenly body. No pain, no suffering, no sadness, no sickness, no injuries. Forever. And it's interesting that as the word of God comes to a close for us, the 22nd chapter of Revelation, the last thing that Jesus is quoted as saying is surely I am coming soon. Do you know what the response to that was? Amen, come Lord Jesus. Amen, come Lord Jesus. I, I believe that's what that man on the cross has been saying ever since then. Amen, come Lord Jesus. Amen, come Lord Jesus. Wow. So if Jesus is our Lord as well as our Savior, we long to give up despair. There's too many people in the world giving up hope. Really. And we're talking about the prayer of St. Francis and where there is despair, so hope. And there's a lot of despair in the world, isn't there? I'm always glad that when someone comes to me that I was taught a long time ago that don't just say, I'm going to pray for you. Pray for them. Really. And as one fellow said, the telephone was only invented for really one reason. That's when you can't be with someone, you pray with them over the telephone. That's what he said. And I like that. And I've astounded some people because I prayed with them over the phone. Some people thought it was great, and some people said, wow, that's never happened to me before. See, I'm not a great person. I serve a great God, a great Savior. And what he does through me is a wonderful thing. And what he does through you is a wonderful thing. And when we allow him to do those things, the world is in awe. Well, the ones who are paying attention. And I think that's great. So, we can plant hope wherever there is despair. 
And I'm convinced Jesus would want it that way. Aren't you? Let's pray. Lord God, precious Father, thank you so much for the hope that you have planted along with faith. And that in our faith we have this hope that this world can't take away unless we let it take it away. And I don't want to let them take it away, Lord, because I enjoy it too much. There's a lot of things we go through, a lot of trials and tribulations in this world. There are many of us here tonight that can say we've been through some pretty difficult times, even recently. And probably all of us here can remember some pretty difficult times. But you brought us through. Or you're bringing us through. And we believe because you planted hope along with that faith. Thank you, God, for loving us beyond anything we could ever imagine, that we could ever deserve. Because, Lord, we know what we get if we deserve. The, the Bible tells us what, it, what we all deserve as sinners. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. In the name of Christ we pray, amen.